Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This happened to me when I was about 10 years old, but even now as an adult in my 30s, I remember it like it was yesterday. My parents had taken my sister and I out to a a movie and then to get some ice cream in celebration of my older sister getting straight A's on her report card. I remember my dad had gotten off work later than usual so by the time the movie was over and we had our ice cream it was well past our bedtime. It didn't matter though. My parents were happy and proud of my sister. We had a great time and we took our time getting home as well. If it wasn't for what happened when we got there, I would have always looked back fondly on this night. We got home at around 10.30. Bedtime was usually 10, so I went straight to my mum to put my pyjamas on while my sister went to brush her teeth. I remember too thinking that it seemed a little bit more chilly in the house that night, but that's really the only thing out of the ordinary that I can recall from when we first walked in. I barely had a chance to change too when... I heard my dad yell our names from what I thought was the kitchen. I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew that it was bad because I heard the fear in his voice for the first time ever. It scared me really badly, so I bolted out the door and into the kitchen as fast as I could. My sister was already there, and her and my parents were standing very close. My mum looked like she was on the verge of panic, and she motioned for me to come close. She wrapped her arms around my sister and I, and my dad was already dialing on the house phone. Then I noticed some glass on the floor. I asked what was wrong, Mum, but she didn't want to tell me. She said that we needed to go outside right away. As we headed out the front door, I heard my dad talking to 911, an operator, and telling them that when we got home, we found our backsliding glass door shattered and objects strewn throughout the kitchen. We went to the neighbor's house and waited for the police to come. After a few minutes, my dad joined us. He seemed to be well shaken up, which was a new sight to me, to be honest. But the police arrived and searched the house extensively. It was a big scene with all of our neighbors outside, flashing lights illuminating our entire street for like hours. They never found anybody in the house. 
whoever had been there had come and gone. But the thing that really gets me is that nothing was ever stolen. Whoever it was didn't want any of our possessions. What they did was take our canned food out of the pantry and stack them into like small pyramids in our kitchen counter. They also turned on the TV in the basement and moved a few random objects to different parts of the house, which was really creepy looking back on it. It was like an insane person had been in our home and did things for reasons that really only made sense to him. Anyway, as the police were finishing up and ready to leave, I heard one of them ask my mum a question. They talked quietly and I'm sure that they thought that I didn't hear it. I pretended not to be listening, but I heard everything. And well, you see, we keep magnetized letters on our fridge. I think I had gotten them for a birthday present a few years before or something. And we use them to leave each other messages for fun sometimes. The cop was asking my mum if the message on there that night was done by any of us. And it wasn't. And I watched my mum turn pale when he told her what it said. It still makes my skin crawl to this very day because it said, always watching. The police, they never did find any fingerprints. They said the intruder must have been wearing gloves. And for the next few days, the entire family was extremely uneasy. I was absolutely positive that the intruder was still in the house somehow, that there was a hidden place nobody knew about where he could hide and listen to us. I never really shook the feeling that somebody was there and within a few months we ended up deciding to move. It was all just too scary for us to stay in that area so we moved to a house several miles away. Thankfully we were never bothered again but I still do think about it. Was it kids just playing a prank? Was it some insane person that wanted to torment a random family? Or was it someone that truly had it out for us and who really was always watching? Could it have been a neighbor or someone that we knew? These questions still keep me up at night sometimes. This obviously happened many years ago, but the hairs on my neck stand up sometimes when I'm alone at home and I have to check the house to make sure that no one is hiding in it. My mum's dog, Punky, rest in peace, was a very sweet and loving dog. She was an ESA dog but trained to be a service dog for PTSD before she lost her leg. I had never really seen her get aggressive with anyone in like the entire 12 years that she lived. She never growled or even nipped at anyone and she had no sense of smell so she loved all animals and people. A real gentle giant among our little terrier at 60 pounds. What I'm getting at here is that her barking at something and being aggressive was so wildly uncharacteristic that I really only ever saw it once. So I, an 11-year-old female, was at home with my siblings, two male and six female. My then stepdad is at work and my mum ran up to the gas station to grab a pack of cigarettes. It was only a mile or two away from us. For reference, we lived in a two-bedroom trailer in the middle of the woods, not a dead-end road at the time, and you had to really make an effort to get down our road, find our house, navigate down a, a rickety driveway, and find the door. I'm sitting at the computer having a grand time watching YouTube videos, I think, when all of a sudden, all of our dogs, about two Boston Terriers and one Chihuahua, 
perk up, bark a few times, and start investigating down the hall. My siblings were napping in the bedroom at the end of the hall at the time, so I figure that they just stirred and scared the dogs. But then Punky sits up suddenly, stands up on the couch, and puffs her chest out. Her ears are perked up, her fur standing on end, her tail straight up, and then she barks. Loudly, too. I mean, the bark booms through the living room and echoes around, and all of a sudden she lunges off the couch and goes tearing down the hallway. I'm already on edge because I don't think that I've heard her bark like this, like, ever. Her bark is more of a baying sound, I guess, because of her breed and everything, but this was a big, loud, and alert bark. I stand up and go to look down the hallway, ready to fight off what I'm assuming is a shadow monster in the hallway based on how the dogs are acting. But then I hear it. Three knocks. We never really got visitors because of how weird our house was, location-wise, so my 11-year-old mind had no clue what to do here. The only people who showed up were family, and they never knocked. So I, I slowly walked towards the door. The knock drew the attention of the dogs, and they came running back down the hallway, all except for Punky. And I felt better with our three yappy dogs in the room with me, even if they were all the size of the New York City sewer rats. I opened the door just a little bit, and standing on our porch is the sketchiest man that I think I've ever seen. I can still picture him perfectly too. He was really thin, taller man, with dark hair and a sunken face, bags under his eyes and his half-manged hair, Sort of like he just gave it a quick brush and then figured it was good enough. Everything about him seemed just a little too thin as well. A little too shallow and his clothes were all off too. They were nice I guess but fake nice you know. Like a clean newer looking t-shirt and new jeans but he had what looked like a suit jacket on or something. All his clothes were dark too despite the fact that it was summer in Texas and the weather was definitely into the hundreds that day. He also had this plain, unlabeled bottle in his hand. It looked like the label had been covered up or taped over, maybe? In any case, I stare up at him in confusion because I definitely don't know this man and I ask what he wants. He smiles at me in this way that was just way too fake. Like this exaggerated and really forced grin and he spoke in the same voice retail workers do. Like, hey there kiddo, I'm trying to sell this here carpet cleaner. And he shakes the bottle at me. Mind if I come to show you how good it works? Alarms are going off in my head, obviously, because he just seems so... off. Looking back with an adult perspective, the fact that he didn't ask if my parents were home is really unnerving. Because he probably knew that they weren't, and that's why he was here in the first place. I should have told him to get off our property, I know that. That I'd have to go and get my mum... Something like that, except for what I did say. Instead, I just shook my head and said, no, we don't have carpet. Well, it works on other things. And he took a big step towards the door and shook the bottle at me. I start to freak out at this point and I think to close the door, but the thing is is that our front door didn't really, well, lock. It was a small town, hard to access home. We never really needed a lock, to be honest. So that was basically useless, and I'm sure that there's something very wrong about to happen 
and I'm terrified as I think about what to do in the few seconds I think that I have before it does happen, when all of a sudden, I hear it. Punky had crept up from the hallway, lowered towards the ground, and her teeth bared and snarling like she was absolutely feral. She had slobber just dripping from her mouth, her eyes were down, and she was ready to pounce. The guy, he hears it too, and as I look towards Punky, she tries to lunge past me, and I just barely catch her with my leg as she tries her hardest to duck past me and attack this guy. He freaks out and runs off the porch without another word. He booked it down the driveway as I let Pinky out along with the rest of our dogs and they start chasing this guy. Our small dogs, they chase him down the driveway and stop about halfway, barking and jumping about. But Punky, Punky stops just on the porch and watches him with her ears perked, just sort of staring in the distance until he finally disappears. To this day, I swear that I saw someone join up with him running when he got onto the road. The second that he disappeared, Punky's entire body language changed and she went back to being the sweet dog that I knew. No barking or growling, just laying around, mouth and throat covered in slobber still. I realize that my siblings are still down and call to run to check on them and when I get to the bedroom, my siblings were sleeping soundly still. But it was then that I noticed that the bedroom window was wide open, the curtains pushed all to one side, and the items on the dresser in the front of the window all shoved around. Someone had definitely been trying to climb through the window, no doubt in my mind about it. From what I can gather, the bedroom window was visible from the couch where Punky was sleeping, so I think someone was trying to climb through the window before Punky went after them and scared them off, and the man at the door was meant to distract me. They definitely didn't expect Punky, a bigger dog, because most of the time she was with my mum inside while our dogs were the ones that saw public eye more often. I don't know what they intended to do, obviously, but... After my mum got home, she took us all to my aunt's house and on our way, we saw the men walking up somebody else's driveway. Men, plural as well. We watched a second one split off to wait by the road. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot must have been about 4.45 in the afternoon. My aunt was home alone since my parents were at work and I was on my way home. She heard a knock at the door and went to answer it when the dogs continued barking, meaning that it wasn't a quick delivery or something like that. 
and she was met with three Caucasian young adult men. They were all wearing black matching uniforms, though we don't know if they were actually uniforms or not, I guess. They came in a white van with blue letters on it. English isn't her first language, so it was hard for her to understand what they were saying because they talked too fast for her. But she did understand when they asked for me by name. She told them that I wasn't and they immediately left. They didn't leave a message for me or a note or a business card or anything. When I got home shortly after, she told me that some people had been looking for me. They weren't family, obviously, or she would have known them, and they weren't friends of mine. They don't sound like any religious group I've ever heard of before, or they didn't go to our neighbor's houses or anything, too. They came to our house specifically, and they knew me by my first name as well. I'm worried about them coming back again, and my aunt doesn't live with us. Usually I would be the one home alone at that hour, and I'm curious as to who they were and what they wanted with me. But I'm also scared to think of how it would have gone if I had actually opened the door instead. I've dealt with the paranormal side ever since I can remember, but this... This is the story that happened in Mount Juliet, Tien. My wife and I moved in sometime in September of 2014. We bought the home at auction and it needed a lot of work. The home was built in 1969 and it was all original to that date, even down to the shag carpet still being there. The house sat on 12 acres though, with only 3 acres cleared around the home other than some random trees but the rest was fully wooded. The basement, man, the basement was gross and musty. The ceilings were low in places with the pipes and duct working running throughout it. And I have to admit that it had a, a really odd sort of strange feeling when walking down there. The previous owners left a deep freezer down there and what they had inside of it made me question the things that they were doing in that basement. The freezer was full of different animal carcasses that had been stripped of meat, random bone pieces with bits of fur still attached. There was also a gallon bucket sitting in there full of blood. Our very first night staying there, my brother and sister decided to stay over with us. Well, we're all hanging out anyway and it got late so they just decided to stay. And while we were there, we were unpacking boxes and decorating for Halloween and whatnot. I started walking the empty boxes and totes down to the basement, and while down there, something caught my eye. I saw what looked like a slim box sitting on top of the ductwork. I walked over and pulled the box down, and sure enough, it was an old 70s Ouija board. Not thinking too much about it, I, I grabbed it and brought it upstairs and sat it on our dining room hutch for decoration. The night was getting late though and we're all getting tired. It had to have been around midnight and we decided to head up to the second floor and get some sleep. All the bedrooms were dispersed on the second floor. My wife and I took the master bedroom and my brother and sister took rooms of their own. We laid there trying to doze off when suddenly we heard what sounded like closet doors sliding and slamming shut and the sound of running and stomping back and forth in the hallway. My wife had me get up to tell my brother and sister to stop that before we were trying to get to sleep. 
I get up and go to each of their rooms and ask, what are you guys doing? We're trying to sleep and in their words, they said, I thought that that was you guys. I decided to grab my gun at this point, thinking that maybe someone had broken into the house or something. I slowly walked downstairs, clearing each room as I went along. My wife, brother and sister followed behind with a gun of their own. We cleared every room that there was in that house. And suddenly it dawned on my sister, it's the Ouija board. I quickly grabbed it from the hutch cabinet and took it back to the basement. And after that, it was silent for the rest of the night. Now, as time went on, whatever this thing was, it was making itself known. We would have to block the basement door shut because we were constantly finding it open. Anytime we had to go down into the basement, we would always feel something down there. And it was demonic for a, a lack of a better term. We would hear it walking up to the second floor, walking around the bedrooms. Doors would suddenly slam shut. The lights would surge randomly. I began seeing a dark shadow figure and it wasn't just any well, spirit. Whatever it was, it was completely dark. Like I said, it felt demonic. I felt like I was losing my mind at one point too. Voices were constantly in my head. Sometimes they were whispers. Other times they were louder but always sounded sort of muffled. I couldn't ever make out what they were saying but it was all the time and the only time the voices weren't in my head was when I wasn't really home. We also had chickens and sheep that died for no reason. All of our vehicles constantly had problems, including my mower. And one day, as I was putting laundry away, I had the windows open to catch a summer breeze because our HVAC didn't work very well and I heard the strangest sound. So I looked out the window and listened and it was coming from the right side of the house, inside the woods. It got closer and closer, and that was when I saw it. This thing is the only way that I can describe it. it was like a werewolf of sorts, walking throughout our front yard and disappeared into the woods on the other side. I was really just in shock seeing it. I really didn't know what to make of it, but... It looked like a, a humanoid wolf is the only way that I can describe it. Just walking across the field out there. One random night too, we were watching a movie and the lights surged and we heard the basement door slowly opening. I jumped up and wedged the door shut with a chair like I always do. Another night, I walked past the basement door to find it open, no lights on. And I hear my wife down there calling my name. I thought that it was strange that she was down there, so I didn't walk down there. I then heard walking above me. I slowly walk upstairs to the second floor. I make my way up the stairs and turn the corner to find my wife in our room. I told her how I heard her voice calling my name from the basement. And to this day, I wonder, what did I actually hear and... If it wasn't my wife, then what did it want me down in the basement for? The presence continued and it was making us feel on edge. Tired because I was hardly sleeping now. I tossed and turned and the voices grew louder and louder. Yet I could never really make out what they were saying. After a few years, 
we decided that enough was enough and we put the house up for sale. My father-in-law was over helping work on a few things before the house hit the market and while he was there, doors slammed shut and the voices started to enter his mind apparently as well. He even said that he could make out what they were saying and eventually we moved out and after that, there was just nothing. This happened about six years ago in 2016. I was 18 at the time, had moved back to Portland, Oregon for college as an escape from the eight-year-old hellhole that was my life in San Diego, California. I grew up with a single mum most of my life, so I moved around a lot. I'd lived in Vancouver, Washington, the greater Portland area, for a few years prior to moving to San Diego. So when I needed an escape to leave SoCal, as soon as I graduated, going to college out of state was really the only option. I applied to Portland State University two weeks prior to the submission deadline, and I of course got in. I arrived to Portland a good six weeks prior to school starting since I had some academic programs that I got in that required an earlier presence to establish some ground before school started and all that. So there I was. 18 years old, returning nostalgically to what I called home, living in the Broadway freshman student housing, and I took in my sense of freedom by going on late night walks around the, the park blocks to Rocket Fears or Voodoo Donut, just about anywhere that I could. Now that I've listened to true crime podcasts, watched a lot of true crime since I was in elementary school, thanks to my ex-sheriff mum who told jail stories for bedtime... I should have known better than to do what I did, I know that. I was notorious among my friends though for the style that I adopted, even in the autumn weather Portland has. I would wear a long XXL shirt, no pants, sneakers and a clear transparent bag, yes, where you can clearly see my wallet and that I also had a weapon everywhere that I went. Even on my 11pm to 4am walks alone, I still wore something like this. This story is about one of those lonesome late night walks too. I found a decent parking garage that I would walk to most nights near SW 6th and Jefferson in downtown. I would chain smoke into the night and no issues on any situation except for this one night. It was about 1am or 2am at this time I would guess. I was heading back to my dorm room, slightly tipsy. I had passed my friends up on a party at University Point that day, so all of my immediate contacts were inebriated at a party not too far from where I was. I found myself walking down 6th Avenue alone. It was eerie too given that it was a Saturday night. There was not a car or a person in sight and I had both headphones in focusing on not feeling coldness and heading home. When suddenly a, a car speeds up to where I am, two men hop out and both go on each side of me. I pause my music and act as if I'm not freaked out. I am visibly intoxicated and probably smell faded too. And let me also mention that at this point in my life, I had shaved my head pretty much bald, was about 135 pounds and wore large shirts like I said. I could have been a pantless male for all they could have known. But they said, hey, how are you? Where are you headed? You seem a bit drunk. 
I shoot the guy on my left daggers as much as I can while all the while trying to assure myself that I can still walk straight. I'm just trying to make it home tonight, I say back. The guy on the right says, well, we can help. We can take you to your home. Where's home at? I ignore him and I keep my pace. I didn't believe in God then, but was praying in my head that I made it home that night, promising whoever I was praying to that I wouldn't be this stupid being out late again, alone, under the influence. Both give each other a look and they start walking slower, now following behind me. I keep my pace and calculate how far I am, where my resident hall key was, and how fast I could possibly run while making it to the building without being caught by the two men on foot or their accomplices in the car. But before I could mentally provide myself those answers, the car screeches back and they all of a sudden hop in and speed off. I count my lucky stars that this happened while running back. I head to Max, it's a, a liquor store me and the gang used to chain smoke at. I call campus security and relay all the stuff that just happened to them and to my horror, I'm told that I'm the 13th call with such a report that way. I head back inside to my dorm, awaiting my friends to tell them what had just occurred. Oh, but the story doesn't end there. You see, fast forward to July 2017, and I dropped out of college by the first semester. I went back to San Diego for a few months and officially moved me and my family all up to Portland. We were pretty settled in our cozy apartment where we were watching the news one night. and My heart sank to my stomach and... I felt like I was about to vomit because there on the news a sex trafficking ring in the next city over was busted. Quite a few faces had been shown as to who was arrested. They were mostly women which was interesting with only a handful of men shown. But I did recognize two of the faces there. The two being the men from that night. Yes, I was tipsy and yes, I was a little bit high, but I knew that those faces were theirs for sure. I called the PPD and I provided them with the information, with them verifying some call-ins around the same time period of mine were how some of the members chose to abduct. Why they didn't abduct me, I'll never know. All I know is that I'm grateful. I'm grateful that they didn't take me. I'm grateful that I ran when I did, and I'm grateful that they were caught. So around July or August of 2021, my city was under its second major lockdown where you were not allowed to have any guests over at your house and stuff like that. I had just moved back in with my parents in early July after my lease ended, and I didn't renew it. I'm in my mid-twenties, my mother was a big stickler for the COVID laws, so my girlfriend was not even allowed on my big front porch. <laughs> it was really annoying. But anyway, the girlfriend and I would often go for walks around a local creek near my house, and we were a fresh couple, so we had certain, well, let's say, needs if you catch my drift. There was a hidden side path attached to the main walkway that goes through the creek that we would sneak off into to relieve ourselves. Yeah, I know, it's a bit messed up, but one night at about 7pm, it's winter time, so it's pitch black in this creek after about 5.30. We decided to walk to our spot and 
My girlfriend was excited and decided to skip ahead of me. I was walking slowly while she was about 7 meters ahead. Once I turned the corner into the side area, I noticed that she was on her phone and she was acting, well, weird. Checking the weather and other apps and randomly said, Okay, it's time for me to go home now. I was just sort of like, oh, okay. She doesn't want to do it anymore, I guess. No worries. But as we started walking away, she whispers, there's someone right behind you. And I'm like, what? So I turn my head over my right shoulder and sure enough, there was a man in all black with his hoodie on, squatting and hiding in the bushes, just sort of staring at us. Where this bush is was on the top of a ledge about uh, three or four feet above the path. So while the man in black was squatting or crouching, our faces were basically aligned. I immediately said, what the heck? I was pretty caught off guard, so I said it weakly, and this man just didn't react at all. He didn't gasp, say hello, or excuse me, or any of the usual things a person would say if people notice each other like that, in the pitch black woods of all places. He just stared at us as we slowly walked away. I asked my girlfriend how she even noticed him, and she said that when she walked down the trail before I got there, she saw the man on his phone and as soon as she arrived, the man in the hoodie turned his phone off. We left that walkway and went up one sort of close by. Yeah, we're idiots, I know. And as we're walking up the parallel side trail, we could see the man still hiding in the bushes staring at us. There was only a faint light from the moon that night, but you could definitely still see him. It was a, a really creepy and unexplained event. We never really went back there and we never intend to either. About seven years ago, during the time that I was in college, I was around 20 years old. I was highly stressed being a, a biology major. I'd fallen asleep with my office chair facing me. My desk light was still on. And at some point I woke up during the sleep and I was having sleep paralysis, unable to move my body and what I saw sitting on my chair was the most vivid, detailed and scary creature that I have ever seen in my life. I still remember it to this day. The light was still shining in the background. The creature was about three to four feet tall. It looked like an emaciated old woman, fragile, grey pale skin and very thin as well nose was narrow, sharp, and big. The eyes were black and dark. There were no whites around the eyes. The hair was very brittle, thin, and gray. The hands were old, thin, bony, long fingers, and the nails were so long. I would say about one to one and a half inches in length. The nails on the foot and hands were not trimmed as if they hadn't been cut. Her ears were pointy and sharp. It looked sort of like an elf, I guess, but she had a really small chin. She wore an old ragged white dress with cut out small triangular patterns. During the sleep paralysis, I stared at her for a good two minutes or so. She stared back at me. She didn't go on my chest or anything as is typical of this sort of thing. And I didn't feel suffocated during the experience. I couldn't scream or move and the thing never smiled or had any facial expressions. 
It was just completely blank and staring at me. What really freaked me out after the sleep paralysis experience though was that I searched up old hag and found that other people have had similar experiences with the old hag. It was a really crazy sleep paralysis experience. I've never had an experience like this again and I never placed an office chair facing me. I felt like it was an invitation to watch me. It was wicked and it gives me goosebumps when I think about it. Especially because when I woke up, I could have sworn that the chair had moved. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.